Spirit, you're welcome in our midst this afternoon. Have your way in our lives this afternoon. Meet the needs of every one of us in your own special way, O God. Father, we come humbled in your feet, O God. We realize we need to feed from your table. And as we listen to your word this afternoon, I pray, King of glory, that your anointing shall flow in the lives of men. Not I, but you will speak to your people. That God, they may listen to you and be edified. Establish your people in the divine word of God. Lord, the infallible word of God we declare today. That every soul shall find himself established on it. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 May I have a seat? Yes. I thank God for this hour that He has given us. As you are introduced to the statement of faith, I believe it is for the church, not just the bread of life. Those are the truths that we profess, the truths that we have been founded upon. Last week, a pastor was taking us through the Godhead and the scripture. And there will be a series of teachings, as he said, that we will be going through. This afternoon, we are supposed to share on three aspects. I have summed them all up as God's plan for man. God's plan for man. And we are going to look at the story of man from creation to fall and what God had in store for him. And what God still has in store for him. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look at the word of God. And the three subtitles. The fall of man. Salvation through Christ Jesus. Eternal life and new birth. Now the first subheading. You cannot fall if you are already on the ground. True. You cannot fall if you are already on the ground. It already presupposes that man was high up. And it is from that elevated position that he found himself falling down. Maybe some of you have never known what it means to be high up. So it is good for us to go through and establish that fact first as we continue. Praise the Lord. There is no better place to begin than Genesis chapter 1. So let us turn to the book of Genesis chapter 1. I was joking with some brother and I said, I'm still of the old school. I like hard copies. Praise the Lord. So, technology, I realize, is very interesting. The finger just does that and things come. The hard copy, you have got to lick your saliva on the finger and <laughs> flip through. By the time you are through with the gospel or the preaching, the tongue is dry and everything is... <laughs> 
To make work easy for you, I think, start on the left of your Bible. You will get to Genesis chapter 1 very easily. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 6, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Praise the Lord. Verse 9, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into the one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb, that yields the seeds and the fruit tree that yields the fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. Verse 14, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for the days and years. Then God, verse 16, then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. And let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded. Now, I've just read those few verses. We are all familiar with all this. And that's just to tell you what was happening. But then the story turns around. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God has created all these things by just saying, let them be, let there be, let there be. In verse 26, the language changes, and he says, and God said, let us, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fall of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the, the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now sometimes I get so surprised. You know when you are reading the scripture and God turns the word. The same word is just turning it around, turning it around. Created he them. Created female and created, created, created. There is something he's telling us. He is creating things. You know when you are creating something. It's not just a question of saying like he said before. It's something you give deep thought to. You begin to ask yourself, how do I want this thing to become? If you go to somebody designing a table, he does not just take wood and start banging it around. If you find somebody closing up a gap in the fence, it's different from a carpenter who wants to put up this this uh, design. One will just take wood and bang them, bang, bang, bang. The place is closed. The work is done. The goes. But the one who wants to design this must first of all sit down, see what kind of wood he's going to use, how it is going to appear, whatever he's going to put it. So there is a deep thought process that goes on. This is what was happening in Genesis chapter 26. When God was saying, let us, the Holy Spirit was also present, listening, and saying, yes. Jesus Christ was saying, yes, this is the design we want. Praise the Lord. And so they created Him in their own image. 
Now I want you to see yourself. The other animals were just, let there be animals in the sea. Let there be animals creeping on the land. But when it came to you, God took a pause and said, let us make this being in our own image. So it means God began to reflect upon himself. He began to look upon himself, his nature, his characteristics, and began to say, yes, this is the design I want in this man. I don't just want any other thing. I want something that reflects me. Some being that is going to be put in the same position like me. When I am not there, I can be sure he is taking care of what I have in my position. Praise the Lord. A position of authority. A position of honor. That is where we were meant to be. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you are still doubting because I've just used the word create, create, create. Verse 28, And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. I don't want to multiply myself. I want you now to take over that role. Praise the Lord. I want you to play an effective role of multiplying. Not me doing it, but you on my behalf. Praise the Lord. You are being given the authority to play a role in God's plan. And replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fall of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the land. That is the position of authority that God was putting man. Praise the Lord. So the purpose of God creating man was one, to create a kind of being that reflects his own image. Praise the Lord. And when he had finished creating man, he said, it is very good. In the other side cases, if you read carefully, he said, it is good. It is good. And God said, it is good. But when he had completed the creation of man, he said, it is very good. Crowning it, praise the Lord. Man became God's crown in all his creation. And so, that process, as I've said, required some consultation, some form of discussion on the kind of vessel God wanted to, to create. Why are we talking about this? Because God wanted something special. Can you say to yourself, I am special? I am special. God thought about me. God thought about, about me. And that is where God gave, put you in that first instance. Praise the Lord. Am I shouting? Or I'm, you can hear me from there. Praise the Lord. You know, I come from a place, I come from a place where sometimes the, these things die off on a marketplace when you are preaching. You can't start repairing them, so you have to project your voice. And some brother told me, brother, you shout too much in the mic. Understand where I'm coming from, brother. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. I want you to get that picture. He formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living soul. One day Jesus found a blind man. And he spat on the ground, molded the clay, the dust, praise the Lord. Took the dust which was molded put on the eyes of this man. Praise the Lord. He was saying, I want to remind you the work that I did on human beings. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, I took soil like this, and I molded your eyes, they became alright. But he did not make the man to see that time. What did he tell him? Go to the pool of Siloam, wash yourself. Praise the Lord. You have got a part to play in God's plan. Praise the Lord. You have got a special plan, a part to play in God's plan. That is why he's involving you in everything, putting you in that elevated position. So what does this tell us in verse 7? That God took time to mold you and me so that we may reflect him. That is the joy that I have in my life. When I remember what God did, how much he took, how much time he took to design me. I don't look at myself and say, Oh, Kenneth, your head looks like uh, oblong. No. 
I said, this is the best that God would make on this soil. Praise the Lord. I don't look at myself and say that, oh, you are too tall. No. I say God wanted to see many things around me. Praise the Lord. I give Him thanks for what He has done in my life. Praise the Lord. It is time for you not to look at the negative things about yourself. I was telling some brethren this week, when I started, I mean, I used to admire the big preachers. And I would say, I want to be like so and so. I want to be like so and so. And one day I learned it in a hard way. If God wanted to have two Shaoons, if God wanted to have two Pastor Abrams, if God wanted to have two Brother Mikes, was it so impossible for him to do so? He would have said, I want two Shaoons. At, at the worst, he would have said, I want twins. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the fact that he has created you as an individual, it means that you are valuable in the eyes of God. Praise the Lord. Begin to understand where you are supposed to, what the design of God in your life. Begin to see what God had in mind when he was creating you. Look at yourself. I don't have a mirror here, but look at yourself. You. Kenneth, you. God had a special thought in his mind for you. Praise the Lord. And that's what I want you to see in yourself. But let us look. God did not just stop in the design. He came to another point and he said, I am a man of authority. I spoke and things became. I said, let there be the light and it became. But I have said I want this man to be created in my own image. How am I going to, to convince Adam that he has also the same authority that I have? So God said, Adam, come here. He put his arm around him. You know, you are my friend. Adam said, yes, 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 yes. You know that I've got authority? Okay, yes, yes, Lord, I know. Now, stand there. These animals are going to pass through you. I want to see what you are going to do. And the elephant on the savannah was walking majestically. And it... And the ears were flapping. And I thought, eh, elephant! The giraffe came. You have got a very long neck. Giraffe. And the cheetah came running. Ah, this one is too fast. Cheetah. The Bible says, whatsoever he named them, that is the name that they became. Praise the Lord. God was telling you, you have authority to name things. And there will be what they, you have said. Praise the Lord. So that is the position that God was putting humankind at that point. Not just a creation like other, but a special creation. But let us see. Things began to take a turn. This man had been given authority and responsibility. But he forgot one thing. That you don't hold responsibility with carelessness. In Genesis chapter 3, we begin to see a turn of events. Verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Praise the Lord. Sometime back, I used to blame Adam and say, Oh, this man, this man Adam, I wouldn't be toiling in a man like this. Oh, Adam, 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 Adam. I wouldn't be working in the hot sun. I wouldn't be the school. I wouldn't be studying. I would just be having everything I want. And I used to complain. And then I came across another story. Somebody, a man of God, had had a person complain in the church every time about Adam. He put something, a paper, in a very nicely designed box. And said, my brother, I am going for a journey for three days. This box, I want you to keep it for me. I trust you. I know you are responsible. Just imagine Pastor Abraham telling you that. Eh? You do like, eh? Kenneth, I know you are responsible. Is this pastor telling me? Yes. You feel good. And he gave him the box. And he told him, the only thing I want you to do, don't open it. 
The day you open it, I will not reward you. Trust me. Deal done. The other one said so. He took the box. Bye bye. He took it and put it under his bed. The first day he went out and came back. Looked at the box. Oh, it's still there. Went. Sat on the couch. Thought. Ah, what is in that box? Ah, I'm not supposed to open it. It didn't have a lock. It was just sealed. didn't have a lock. Second day he came. Dusted it. I'm wondering what is in this box. Ah, I was told not to touch it. The third day he came. He looked at it. Studied. Not just looking. Began to study it. There is no seal on this thing. What's the harm of just looking? Will he know I looked at it? I'm wondering what he has kept in this box. Was about to keep it. He said, ah. He opened the book. Initially he thought there was jewel and such things. Jewelry and all this. No. He found a simple paper. The same curiosity Adam had has caused you to open this box. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He felt so guilty. I've been blaming Adam. I've fell for the same problem. Because Adam would look at the fruit and say, Ah, this is the tree of life. This is, and he goes. The wife did the same. But when the devil came in and said, Yes, it is. It's no problem. He did it. We sell our birthright in a very simple and careless way. That is what is happening. Yes, you may look back and say, Adam did this. You also do the same today. Praise the Lord. When you go on looking at those things that you look at, time endlessly, and enjoying them, the thoughts that move in your head, you know you are a Christian. You know it, don't you? But you entertain them. God has said that you renew your mind. But you don't want. You want to entertain that which is not right. That which is not holy. You compromise your position as a Christian. Praise the Lord. For that simple mistake, Adam fell. Praise the Lord. They disobeyed God. Verse 7, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves Aprons. Now I want you to see. Immediately Adam realized they had sinned. There was the sense of shame in their lives. Sin brings shame. Sin bring, makes you feel guilty. Praise the Lord. They had fallen from grace. The next step they went to look for leaves. Something to cover themselves. That is the plan of man. Yes, I made a mistake. I'm not going to tell God sorry. I'm not going to repent. I look for a way of covering it. I look for an alternative of my own. That is what they did. But this was not enough. God Almighty had a plan for them. He had ready for you. Last week we were told He is Omni. You call it Omniscience or what? All-knowing. Praise the Lord. So he had already known that man will fall. But did he leave them that way? No. He came immediately. Adam, Adam. John, John. Kenneth, Kenneth. Where are you? Praise the Lord. That voice is still resonating in our lives today. When you find yourself fallen from grace, God is still calling out, Kenneth, Kenneth, John, John, Peter, Peter, where are you? Praise the Lord. He wants you to respond. And this man, because of sin which had driven him away, he had gone to hide. What was meant to be enjoyed by God, he was using it now to hide himself in the trees. God created them, but Adam now used them for a different purpose. Now, the alternative that Adam took was leaves. When the sun rises, the leaves dry. You need to get fresh leaves. So the alternative he was looking for could not last. Praise the Lord. He had to keep replenishing them. 
And if he lived in the current generation, the green activist will be on his neck. Why are you, why are you plucking all the leaves of the trees? Praise the Lord. God said, no. My design was for a beautiful earth. My alternative is better than this one. So when God came down, he realized these guys had messed up themselves. And he decided, no, I'm going to do something. Praise the Lord. He sowed for them skins. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, he provided skins to cover them. Because of their shame. The beauty about the skin is that as, the, as the, it becomes hotter, it dries, and so longevity is guaranteed. A wet skin will rot, but a dry skin stays for a long time. That's why you have those skins on your feet. They're dry. Praise the Lord. I know when I'm talking about this, you don't see your shoes as part of skin. It was just the animal you see. It was the cow that you see around. But it has been treated, it has been made dry. Now you are comfortable in it. God came and said, I will kill an animal. Now, I want you to realize, something is losing life in order for the shame to be covered. Praise the Lord. There's an animal that is dying. And it was important for it to die. That the shame of Adam would be covered at that time. There must be the shedding of blood when you are addressing the question of sin in your life. Praise the Lord. It did not start with Jesus. It started a long time ago. God had that plan in place for you and for me. Praise the Lord. As a father, I have a problem. When I buy a toy, one day I said, Ah, I want to buy my children good tablets so that they can play. Of course, you know, the reason was not just for them to play, so that they can keep off me as I do my work. Praise the Lord. And my young son, the first day they were excited. And he took his tablet one time, he was annoyed. You know how many days they lasted? And ah, it went down. Praise the Lord. I was, what is this? Then I began to realize, oh, I did it prematurely. He was not of age to handle this. Praise the Lord. He had not matured enough to handle the tablet. It is my mistake. God does not make mistakes. Praise the Lord. Now somebody is saying, why didn't he just solve the problem once? Adam was not prepared to receive the solution at that time. Adam was not ready to receive the perfect solution for sin at that time. It took generations for God to educate them through sacrifices of animals to show them, I have a plan for you. And that's why the Bible says that the men of old and even the angels, God would open the window for them to see the plan he has for man. And they desire to live in the days we are living. You are still confused. I am saying you are living in better days than those people. The plan that God had, He withheld it for a while. Because humankind was not ready to receive that plan at that time. So He delayed it. And that, is, that brings us to the plan of salvation. The second point, salvation through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We have read in Genesis 3.10, He said, I heard thy voice. In the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. This man recognized one thing, he, was, he had sinned before God. Second thing, he took a decision to solve the problem by hiding himself. So there was fear, and sinful, because of the sinful state, he found himself in. Praise the Lord. But at the time that Adam sinned, something terribly happened. Because the nature of God had been created in him in the beginning, so that he may sit in the same elevated position as God, when he sinned, he lost that nature. Because the Bible had, God had already said, the day you surely eat of this fruit, you shall die. That nature was withdrawn from him. A new nature came into him. The nature of sin. Praise the Lord. The nature of sin. At that time, Adam had not given birth to any child. True or false? Did Adam have a child? 
at that time, Cain had not come, Abel was not there. But the nature of sin was in him. And because God had said, you will be fruitful, he did not withdraw his blessing. At the time, Adam gets Cain and Abel. Did he sit them down and tell them that you, you can be annoyed? If somebody does this, you can be annoyed. If somebody succeeds more than you, you can be annoyed. Did he? He did not lecture them on that. But down the line, we see this man in Genesis 4, from verse 1 to 10. We see these two guys go to offer before God. And Cain realizes that he is not doing so well. What happened? He became annoyed. He ended up killing the brother. Where did he learn murder from? Nobody taught him. But the nature that now Adam had acquired had been passed to Cain. Praise the Lord. The nature of sin had replaced the nature of God in Adam. It now went through the offspring, Cain. Now he was murdering. Murder came in. Praise the Lord. But God was not going to give up on human beings. I want us just to go back to Genesis 3.15 and see what God said. He said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Now what is, what is the Bible, what is God referring to? It will bruise thy head. It's referring to the seed of the woman, not seeds. The seed of the woman. Praise the Lord. There will be one seed from the generation of Eve that is going to, to bruise the head of the serpent. Now when you bruise the head of any living being, that's a fatal blow. Praise the Lord. It dies. But when you bruise the heel, that animal can go on for a long time. Praise the Lord. And that can heal with time. Now see the limitation that God gave to the devil. This is my creation. I love him. The farthest you can go is just to trip him. But you cannot take hold of him. But when he gets you, he will crush your head. Praise the Lord. He was pronouncing the plan that he had. I will restore my creation back to the position I wanted it to be. And the seed of the woman will do that work to bring humankind back to that position I wanted them to be in. Praise the Lord. That's why he was declaring the seed of this woman will bruise your head, restoring my earlier plan for humankind where I decided to be. Praise the Lord. And so we see throughout history God trying to teach humankind the power of the blood, the power of redemption through the blood. When the children of Israel were in Egypt and tricked a time to set them free, God gave them clear instructions. You will take a blameless lamp and kill. Praise the Lord. A blameless lamp and kill. That lamp, the blood from that lamp, you will put on the doorposts. And when the angel of death comes, he will see the blood. Praise the Lord. He will see that blood. And when he sees the blood, he will not want to know what is inside the house. He will not want to know what you have done. He will say, I've seen the blood, so I am going away. Death will not fall in this house. Praise the Lord. The blood mend redemption from the power of sin. Praise the Lord. And that is what God was trying to teach in piecemeal, slowly through the generations, bringing us towards the cross at Calvary. Praise the Lord. In Exodus 12:5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Praise the Lord. And Hebrews 9:22 says, and almost all things are by law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Praise the Lord. Unless blood is shed, the sin cannot be done away with. Praise the Lord. We are like Adam. We have gone through a circle of things, trying to get rid of ourselves of sins. But God has a good plan for us. And that's the plan of salvation. Praise the Lord. That's the plan of salvation. 
In John 3.16, we all know, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Praise the Lord. When God was declaring, I mean, when the Scripture is declaring these things, it was just reflecting on God's plan from the very beginning. Now you are telling me, how was it? You remember the book of Revelation? We have been studying, and what did we learn? John at one time looked around, and he saw this book with the seals, and he was weeping, wondering who is going to open. But then his eyes, spiritual eyes were open, and he said, Behold, I saw a lamb. One like a lamb, standing among the creatures. Standing, he went and took the book from the one that seated on the throne. Praise the Lord. Him alone was able to unravel the seals. Praise the Lord. From, he was, he looked like one who had been slain from the foundation of the, like one who had been slain from the foundation of the earth. That's why I'm saying, salvation, the fall of man, and his redemption. Is not something that caught God by surprise. He knew it was going to happen. And he put my mechanism in place to restore man. Because he loved man. Because he loved you. He had a plan to restore you back. To that elevated position. Praise the Lord. And that is what we are seeking for this morning. That we want to know. What, how we can go back to this position? Praise the Lord. The Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man, that's Romans 5.12, Wherefore, by, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Praise the Lord. The nature of sin is still there. We don't sin because we plan to sin. Some of you are not sinning because the opportunity is not there. Given the opportunity, you will do what you condemn most. It's good to look outside the church as an example, but I want that example to come back to us. Praise the Lord. Nigerians, Kenyans, Indians... Uh, there are democracies. True? There are many parties. True? At the time of campaigning, this government is very corrupt. We want to get rid of them and clean this place. And the poor voters say, Hey! Yes! I'm taking this one. Two months into the government, the same things they were condemning, they have doubled. The one who was removed there says, this government is very corrupt. Give us the... So they keep protecting. So we keep complaining over what we can do. And I'm saying, it is only a matter of opportunity for some people. And the reason we will discover soon. Because there are some people, when they have made a decision in their lives, they have cut all the bridges from sin. Praise the Lord. The mind has been transformed. It has been regenerated. But there are some people, they behave like Lord's wife. They are moving but saying, ah, still, the movie is still back there. They never divorce themselves. They never severe the links from the world of sin. They want the, God's plan in their life. They also want the world's plan in their life. You can never serve two masters. The Holy Spirit is not going to fight. He's a gentleman. He never fights over people. If he comes and says, can I come in? And you say, wait a minute. You saw the skit here sometime. He says, okay, fine. I'll give you time. Take your time. Until you come to a point, you say, now, I want the Holy Ghost to come and govern my life. Praise the Lord. I want to severe all and receive him in my life. Praise the Lord. Now, I am saying that through one man, sin came into the world. But the Bible also says, 
from chapter 5, 17 onwards. If sin came into the world through one man, so shall life also come through one man. If the first Adam caused us to be condemned, the second Adam in Christ Jesus is going to reverse the whole thing. That is the reason why Jesus came, to reverse that nature of sin that we acquired from the Garden of Eden. The nature of sin that we have taken over from our fathers, that we may become new creation in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. But God commanded His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from, from wrath through Him. That is why Jesus Christ had to take upon Himself the body of flesh and come and live with us. The reason why He took over the body of flesh because the nature of sin was in this flesh. He had to crush it. He had to kill it in the flesh. And show us that it is possible. Praise the Lord. It was possible for God to say, My son, land in Jerusalem. Tell these people what they ought to do. It was possible. It was possible for God to say, Ah, this job is too simple. Let me send Archangel Michael to go and tell these people. But he said, no. I said we are creating these people in our own image. They will be at our level. They will be small gods. So I will send my own, only begotten son to restore them back. So Christ comes again on Calvary as a lamb to substitute for our sins. In the old days, they took the normal lamb we see. And that's why you see our cousins at some time, very many goats and sheep are killed all over the world, trying to please to cover their sins. But we have said that blood can only cover sins. God is not satisfied with the blood of goats and sheep, but He only values the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And for that reason, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, as a lamb to be sacrificed for your sin. And for my sin. Only that blood that was shed on Calvary can cleanse us from our sins. Praise the Lord. So what is the death of Christ on the cross pronouncing to us? One, Christ is declaring that I have defeated the power of sin from your life. Praise the Lord. Now, Paul was agonizing over this because at one time he realized in his life he was struggling with some things. Deep within his heart, he wanted to please God. Romans 7. But whenever he set out to please God, he found himself doing the opposite. And he said, How come whenever I plan to please my God, whenever I plan to do what is right, I find myself doing what is wrong? He could not understand. And down in that chapter he says, Thank God, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. He had discovered that the power to overcome sin does not come our, uh, from our studying. It does not. It does not come by us listening to the word of God in the church here every time. No. It comes first by us accepting that sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Praise the Lord. That that blood may come and wash away the sins in our lives. And free us from the power of sin. Praise the Lord. Only His death on the cross can set us free from the power of sin. But remember, we are still living in the world of sin. Praise the Lord. The power has been severed, but the presence of sin is still around us. So God also has a plan to save us in that, in that scenario also. Praise the Lord. We shall sit in a short while. And so, we realize that God's plan in our life is actually to restore us. And so on the cross, He says, in John 19:28 to 30, I'll read verse 28 and 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And you know they gave him the, that, that uh, drink. Verse 30, 
when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, What did he say? What did he say? It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus Christ declared when he came, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. When the prodigal son was living with the pigs, was that abundant life? He was living, but was that abundant life? When you are suffering under the yoke of sin, is that abundant life? So that is not the reason why Jesus came. He came that you may have abundant life. And when I look back in the scripture, I see the abundant life being displayed in the Garden of Eden. Praise the Lord. Where God comes and fellowships with man. Where God comes to have fellowship with Adam. That's the abundant life that he wanted me to have. Am I fellowshipping with God now? Am I truly fellowshipping with God as he designed it to be? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves this morning. We speak this message to us as a church. We know we are born again. But we are talking about the salvation, the God's plan through salv- uh, of salvation through Christ Jesus. That Christ has come to become that lamb that was supposed to be sacrificed so that we be forgiven of our sins. Praise the Lord. But it is true the lamb can be sacrificed, but if you do not accept the purpose for which it has been sacrificed, you can still walk away unforgiven. Praise the Lord. And that is what some of us are doing this morning. The sacrifice has been made. But we still look at it and say, yes, Christ was crucified for sins. Not mine, but for sins. And we walk away. This morning, I want to remind us, that which we are struggling with, that which we are fighting over on the cross at Calvary, he said, it is finished. It was done. No more captives again. We are no longer under that power of sin again because of Christ, because of his death on the cross. Praise the Lord. And our brother was just saying here, before he started, that the Holy Spirit comes in in our life so that he may teach us the way that we may walk. And that is what Jesus promised, that he was going after the resurrection. He was going back, not to leave us as empty as we are, not to leave us under the power of sin, not to leave us subject to the desires of the devil, but to give us a helper. Praise the Lord. A helper to see us through. Because he knew when he was praying in John 17, he said, I pray for this one. I know they are still in the world, but they are not of the world. Praise the Lord. The world has got a lot to offer to us. It will bring a lot of pressure in our lives. Some pressure that will want to sway us back into the old world. But God has given us a provision through His Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. He will always remind you, Kenneth, the path in which you are walking is not right. You ought to turn around. You are not going in the right direction. Praise the Lord. He will always whisper. I was telling brethren this week that sometimes the way we spend our time, you realize that you have gone astray. Sometimes I've been in a place and I see people laugh and chat And sometimes when I join them, I find I've made a comment. It is not entirely bad. It is not entirely wrong. But deep within, I find he's coiling back. He says, my son, why did you say that? People are are laughing, but deep within, I'm agonizing. I shouldn't have been part of this. Praise the Lord. I shouldn't have made this comment in the presence of these people. Because I don't belong to them. And so the devil is going to tell you, You know you are not being social. You are not being acceptable. But that's not what the Bible says. We are a peculiar people. We are different. We don't have to be like them. We can be in them, but we don't have to be like them. Because of the power of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. So this brings us to the last point, which we will finish with. And that's the new birth. You see, when we come to the cross... And receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Something happens in our lives. Because He came to restore God's nature in our lives. We lost that nature before. 
But it was not the plan of God for us to continue living in that sinful state. He said, I have got a plan for these people. I will send my own son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Praise the Lord. So that they may have a new life. So when Jesus Christ was still ministering on earth here, there was one man who had studied the, the, the scripture. Nicodemus, was it? Yes, Nicodemus. And he sneaked. He sneaked at night. And he told Jesus, we know. Although we oppose you outside there, but we know that you are speaking the things from heaven. The words you speak are life. You can change my life. But I don't want people to know. That's why I've come at night. I'm saying this morning, this afternoon, there's no shame in your life being transformed. There's no shame. There's shame in sin. But when you come to Jesus to transform your life, He will make it new. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise the Lord. The old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. You have a new life. We were sharing about the prodigal son here. You know, sometimes it is an embarrassment. When you have not bathed and somebody gives you a very new suit, you don't know whether to put it on. And when you put it on, you don't know whether, how to be, behave yourself. And God can embarrass you with salvation this morning. Praise the Lord. He can give you what you did not expect. Because you have yielded to His power. You have yielded to Him to change you. Praise the Lord. The filth that people saw in your life can be washed away. And your life will be renewed. Praise the Lord. He said to him, A man cannot enter in the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Praise the Lord. Nicodemus was wondering, I... An old man like me, I have got grandchildren. How can I be born again? I have preached in many places. But you know, I was not preaching out of salvation. I was preaching because of money. Not me. Praise the Lord. I have served God in the church. So, 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 so much. But my attitude was not right. Change this morning. Praise the Lord. Embrace the gift of God. Let Him give you the new life. The life that you get when you receive Jesus Christ in your life. Praise the Lord. He does not just come to visit you, but He gives you a new life. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens his door, I shall come in and dine with him. He gives you a new life so that you are transformed. Praise the Lord. And the nature of this new life, some of us confuse it. The nature of this new life makes us to live a righteous life. Praise the Lord. You don't plan to live righteously, but it's the nature that is flowing out of you. Praise the Lord. You don't plan not to insult, but you don't insult because it's a new nature. Praise the Lord. If you want to know that somebody is not transformed, somebody is not regenerated, look at the Kenyan bus, Besa bus. You know the Matatu, we call them Matatus. They're not as comfortable as these Besa buses. There is always room for one more. Praise the Lord. No matter how full it is, they can even tell you, if you don't mind, you can sit on the board. I have traveled on them hanging behind the bus because it's too late. There's nothing. I've been the extra person. The funny thing is that when you get in, the next person who is coming, you say, he can't see that the vehicle is full. Why didn't you see it was full when you were getting in before? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I am saying there is always room for one more in this body of Christ. Praise the Lord. This life makes you to live a righteous life. The nature in you is a changed nature. You don't think of how to live right. But you live right because that is your nature. Praise the Lord. You don't plan to behave nicely because the pastor is coming. But you just behave nicely because that is your nature. Praise the Lord. 
That's why I was telling brethren, live your life openly. If you make a mistake, people will know how to help. But if you hide, you forsake your own mercy. If you conceal your weakness, you forsake your mercy. Praise the Lord. And that's what the mistake some of us make. The life that we live, the new life, makes us to fulfill the command of God to love. Praise the Lord. It's a life that makes us live an overcoming life. First John 5.4 The other one is Luke 10.24 For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. And the results of a new life, it makes us to hate sin. Praise the Lord. It makes you and me to hate sin. If you find yourself entertaining sin, Romans chapter 1 says, He gave those who did these wrong things to a reprobate spirit. And even them who delighted in them. You may not be participating, but your heart is inclined to that wrong thing. You delight in it. You are also given to that reprobate spirit. Praise the Lord. But if the new life is in you, there is that total hatred of that bad thing. Praise the Lord. That is why Joseph ran away. He saw this, this, this one, I hate it. I don't want even to be associated with it. He ran away. Praise the Lord. Sometimes physically you have got to, leave, to move yourself out of the sin. Praise the Lord. It is a life that overflows with joy and love. It is a source of inspiration in your life. Praise the Lord. That is the new birth. And all this crowns up with the eternal life, the gift of eternal life that God gives us. Praise the Lord. So in the present situation, we have been saved from the power of sin. And we continue to be delivered from the power of sin. Because sin is around us. But because of his death, he has overcome. So there is a salvation that started with our being born again. There is a salvation that is going on every day from the environment of sin. And ultimately there will be a salvation that ushers us away from the presence of sin. That's the day that Jesus Christ comes to take us back home. Praise the Lord. That is why we thank God for the book of Revelation, the study on the book of Revelation. It should prepare you and me for that second coming of Christ. Praise the Lord. Not to shiver. When you find yourself shivering when they read the book of Revelation, you need to go back and say, Lord, where am I not ready? Prepare me. Give me this new life that I may be prepared for your second coming. Praise the Lord. Shall we stand up? We have been listening to the word of God. That you are designated to be a person highly exalted. Because that was the design of God for your life. But somewhere along the line you have inherited the nature of sin by reason of Adam uh, failing God. That nature is not going to leave you because you have studied, you have read, you have attended the church. No. It will go away because you have accepted the, the substitute that God has given. And that is Jesus Christ and His blood that was shed on Calvary. After you have accepted Him, Jesus Christ is going to make your life new. Praise the Lord. As we reflect over this, I want you just to reflect keenly over what God has prepared for you. You have got an opportunity this morning, as the service is being closed, you shall be given an opportunity to receive the Lord in your life. We are still praying. There are two categories of people in here now. People that are yet to give their lives to Jesus at all. You have never at any point in time Say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. Say, accept a born, be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You are here this morning, you are not born again. 
There's no other way you can hear the message other than this. Please, don't joke with God. Probably God is giving you the last chance. Tomorrow might be too late. You can't guarantee me what happens to you after you leave this church. Jesus Christ can come and he can decide to take anybody home. But are you ready for him? And the second group of people, you are born again but you are still playing with fire. You still commit sin secretly and you run back to God. So for if we sin willfully, Hebrews 10, 26, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, you know the truth and you are still committing the sin. He said, there remained no more sacrifice for sin. Jesus has done what he needed to do. But have you done what you need to do? Jesus will not die again for your sin. No. And he said in Hebrews 10.31, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. I want every head bow. Everybody close your eyes now. If you fall within these two categories, you are not born again. Or you are born again, but you are backslidden. You have gone back to sin. I want you to raise your hand unto the Lord. I want to pray with you. That you will be born again. It's as simple as that. You want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you, sir. God bless you, man. Please, this is not a time for you to be ashamed of anybody. You want to give your life to Jesus. Please raise up your hand and begin to pray. Begin to tell him what you have done wrong. And ask him to have mercy on you. Tell him, this is failure I have seen. God have mercy on me. And ask him to come into your life afresh. Declare him as your Lord and personal Savior. And if you are in that category, you are born again, but you are backsliding. You still commit sin willfully. I want you to go back to God. Raise up your hand. I will pray with you also. But Lord, I am back to you. Like that prodigal son came back to the Lord. Say, God, I am back. And promise him not to go back again. Promise him never to go back again. I'm going to pray with you now. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today. I confess all my sins. Please forgive me all my sins. From today onward. I promise not to go back to those feet again. Today I declare you as my Lord and personal Savior. Grant me the grace to live only for you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. If you have prayed that prayer, I want to assure you, you are now a new creature. All things are passed away. You have now the nature of Christ. To be like Jesus. Let us pray. Father we thank you. Thank you for this wonderful harvest of soul unto you. You came. You died. You resurrected. You went to heaven. Just for her sake. And you have called us unto you. And we have responded unto you. Lord I pray. For everyone that is in this all. Born again. The grace never to go back will receive afresh in the name of Jesus. Let nothing be able to separate us from your love in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For your children that make up their minds today to surrender to you, Lord, I pray, the grace never to turn their back on you, release unto them in the name of Jesus. As we go this week, let your presence go with us in the name of Jesus. As we come back next week, we are all coming with loads of testimonies in the name of Jesus. Everything we lay our hands on this week, by the power in the name of Jesus, 
I decree shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you her glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The grace of God and fellowship with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Please turn to your neighbor and share this surely with him or her.